my service at 9? 8.30. 8.30, there we go, um, as well as breakfast. Um, tomorrow evening, if you would like, uh, you are invited to come to Stony Creek for a Good Friday service, or you can watch um, on Facebook, on uh, our church's Facebook page, there will be a Good Friday service being broadcast from the conference, um, or you can watch the one on Stony Creek's Facebook page of what we'll be doing live that night. Um, so I don't know if we have any other announcements, anything else that's earth-shattering before we hit Sunday. Am I forgetting anything? Yeah, I think we got that part. That All right, cool. Um, well, if you would please join me in our call to worship. Jesus said, I give you a new commandment. Just as I have loved you, by this everyone will know that you are my disciples. And please rise as you are able for our first hymn number 616, Come Sinners to the Gospel Feast. pray together. Holy One, you who lay a table of blessing before us, you have heard us and have come to us. We lift up the cup of salvation in praise. We break open and share our love. 
Open us this night to your presence in our gardens of delight and sorrow, in the simple and good enough moments that fill our days. Amen. You may be seated. The mid-20th century brought a particular shift as televangelists began to speak of blessing as a pact with God in which our good works, mostly our good wallets, would multiply the prosperity in our lives. But for Jesus, this moment in the upper room was full of trouble, danger, deception, and uncertainty. Surely Jesus, Son of God, had enough blessing capital to outmaneuver this set of circumstances. In the midst of the pain of his moment, Jesus defines the real blessing pact, washing feet, breaking the bread, lifting the cup, sharing even with those who are about to betray him. In this moment of silence, take in this graceful invitation of Jesus to the table, no matter what. Hear this compassionate word, love that cannot be quantified, reminds us that each and every person is blessed always, regardless of who we are, how we failed, or what we've accomplished. Know that already God is offering us freedom from never feeling good enough for all the blessings of life and faith, inviting us to love and to bless in the same way, indiscriminately, extravagantly. And know that despite our sometimes faltering steps in the name of Jesus Christ, you are being forgiven even now. Glory to God. Amen. What shall I return to the Lord for all God's bounty to me? I will pay my vows to the Lord in the presence of all the people. With humble and grateful hearts, let us bring our offerings to God.
doxology. Gracious God, you pour out blessing upon us and cover us with grace. Accept these offerings that they may bring blessing to those who need them and give witness to your overwhelming love. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would remain standing as you are able for our next hymn number 617, I come with joy. Tonight, for the prayers of the people, I would ask that you would think of all the, the prayers you would want lifted up in your hearts and your minds, and join me in an attitude of prayer. O God, most high on this night, we remember Jesus humbly washing the feet of his disciples. Jesus has set an example for us. Help us to follow him. We pray for the church and for all who serve others, especially those in need. Jesus has set an example for us. Help us to follow him. 
We pray for peace among nations and religions and peace among people. Jesus has set an example for us. Help us to follow him. We pray for those who suffer because of hatred and hard-heartedness. Jesus has set an example for us. Help us to follow him. We pray for those who are injured by acts of violence or natural disaster. Jesus has set an example for us. Help us to follow him. We pray for those who are sick or dying, for those who are frightened or distraught. Jesus has set an example for us. Help us to follow him. Most holy God, in Jesus Christ, you show us that true glory is in humble service. Renew in us your call to love one another, to welcome the stranger, and to show Christ's mercy in all that we do. It is for his sake that we pray. Amen. If you would please join me aloud in our prayer for illumination. God of exodus and resurrection, you have promised to write your law on our hearts. As we hear the reading of your word, teach us your law of love, that by the power of your Holy Spirit, we may show forth the light of Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. You may remain seated and we will sing hymn number 601, Thy Word is a Lamp. First scripture reading for tonight comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to speak and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, 
for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. A word of God that is still speaking, and you say, thanks be to God. If you would rise as you are able for our next hymn, number 613, O Thou Who This Mysterious Bread. may be seated. Our second scripture for tonight comes from John's Gospel, the 13th chapter, beginning at verses 1 through 17, and then continuing at verse 31b, which is the second half of verse 31, through verse 35. Now before the festival of the Passover, Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart from this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The devil had already put into the heart of Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray him. And during supper, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he had come from God and was going to God, got up from the table, took off his outer robe, and tied a towel around himself. Then he poured water into a basin 
and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was tied around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus answered, You do not know now what I am doing, but later you will understand. Peter said to him, You will never wash my feet. Jesus answered, Unless I wash you, you have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, One who is bathed does not need to wash except for the feet, but it is entirely clean. And you are clean, though not all of you. For he knew who was to betray him. For this reason he said, Not all of you are clean. After he had washed their feet, had put on his robe, and returned to the table, he said to them, Do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for that is what I am. So if I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have set you an example that you also should do as I have done to you. Very truly I tell you, servants are not greater than their master, nor are messengers greater than the one who sent them. If you know these things, you are blessed if you do them. Jesus said, Now the Son of Man has been glorified, and God has been glorified in him. If God has been glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself, and will glorify him at once. Little children, I am with you only a little longer. You will look for me. And as I said to the Jews, so now I say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. I give you a new commandment, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also should love one another. By this everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. A word of God that is still speaking, and you say, thanks be to God. If you would please join me in an attitude of prayer. Holy God, you give us the things in life that we cannot give ourselves. You sent your one and only Son, Jesus Christ, to save the world. He ate with sinners, healed the sick, and spent his time with the ones society had abandoned and pushed out. He even washed the feet of his disciples like a common servant of that time. This King of kings, Lord of lords, lowered himself to our level all out of love. May we always remember his miracles and ultimate sacrifice and how he lived and loved. And now may the words of my mouth, the meditations of our hearts together in this place be pleasing in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Good evening again to you all. This is Monday Thursday, as I mentioned earlier, the night when Jesus and his disciples met for a Passover supper in what would be the last time they were together before his death. Monday Thursday has carried many different focuses over time, and while it has always been, or always had a peaceful kind of feel to it, It also carries the dark undertone of what is to come tomorrow on Good Friday. The season of Lent is drawing to a close. 
Throughout our Lenten season, we've been following a worship and sermon series called Good Enough, and we will finish the series on Easter Sunday. As some of you may remember, we began on Ash Wednesday, the beginning of Lent, talking about how for humans, perfection is impossible, but transformation is possible. We also acknowledge the reality that our society and our world hold these un unrealistic and unreachable expectations for our lives. But we also called for the truth that despite those expectations, our lives are not somehow less than. This is a theme that we've carried forward throughout the weeks. On the first Sunday in Lent, we talked about how ordinary lives can be holy. The second Sunday, we examined how so much of our lives and our world is out of our control and thought about trying to understand the divine presence as a dance partner who improvises with us along the way. The third Sunday in Lent, we took some time to consider how many different things can be like medicine and help us to heal, and that just like plants, we need patience and nurturing in order to flourish and to thrive. The fourth Sunday in Lent, we owned up to the fact that we often believe that, that we are always the problem and then recognize that we need to cut ourselves some slack. The fifth Sunday in Lent, we talked about how fragile we and life truly are and then considered how our lives might be different if we could be more vulnerable within our, our worshiping and faith communities with one another. Then this past Sunday, on Palm Sunday, we, we worked to come around to the idea that we are all a group project and that we are better when we are together supporting one another. Now, many of you have probably heard me say, either in a one-on-one -on -one conversation or in a small group setting, that I'm not a big fan of televangelists. And it's not because they're on television and I'm not. I actually think using every medium we can to reach people and share the good news is, is something we should be doing, whether it's television, social media, even billboards in space. Well, maybe not that last one. But no, the median, medium on which these preachers present, that's not my issue but rather their theology and the message they tend to deliver to people. As I mentioned earlier in our service, the mid-20th century brought about a particular shift as televangelists began to speak of blessing as some kind of pact with God, a pact in which our good works, or again, rather, mostly our good wallets, would multiply the prosperity in our lives. One televangelist in particular brings out my ire when I hear him say things like, the more money you give to me, the more God will bless you in your life. Not the more of your time, talents, and tithes that you give to God and God's ministry in the world even, but to this particular individual. And I have to ask, what kind of message does that send to someone who is poor what kind of message does that send to the person who is already choosing between paying their rent or paying for their medication that they need to live? 
But for Jesus, this, this moment with his disciples in the upper room, it wasn't this peaceful moment in every respect. It was also one that was full of trouble and danger and deception, depending on how you understand the role of Judas in the story, as well as uncertainty. And there's a part of us that might think, surely Jesus, the Son of God, he had to have enough blessing capital to outmaneuver this set of circumstances. Surely, he's the Son of God. Come on. He walked on water. He turned water into wine. He healed sick people, made people who, who couldn't walk get up and walk. He helped lepers be made clean again. This, this shouldn't be out of the realm of his abilities. But instead, in the midst of the pain of his moment, Jesus does something unexpected, and he defines the real blessing pact, if you will, by washing the feet of his disciples, by breaking bread with them, by, by lifting the cup, and sharing even with those who are about to betray him. And that is true love. And love that can't be quantified like this, it reminds us that each and every person is blessed, always, regardless of, of who we are, how we may have failed, or what we may have succeeded and accomplished. I want to jump back again to part of the reading from John's Gospel in the 13th chapter that we just heard a few moments ago. Little children, I am with you only a little longer. You will look for me, and as I said to the Jews, so now I say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. I give you a new commandment, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also should love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. Those words, every time I've read them and heard them, they, they're so beautiful. And at the same time, kind of seemingly guilt-filled when we consider how many times that we have not loved one another when we have not lived as disciples of Jesus Christ. This is one of those things we read it or hear it, and we can come down extra hard on ourselves and each other, probably because of how important we hold it to be. You know, in some ways, this question of what it is to be blessed is really at the heart of of our series, Good Enough. The blessings of the Last Supper are not dependent on luck or on prosperity or on status or consensus or even peace. In truth, the opposite of those things are actually in play as Jesus gathers together with his disciples that night. And what he shares with them that evening these are our parting words. 
these words hold the very weight of the danger of what is happening in their lives. And so these are words that we must, must, must pay attention to. Love one another. This is the regardless part of grace. We are all invited to the table, to the breaking open and sharing, to the pouring out of compassion and mercy for one another. This is why you have heard me say on the Sundays when we celebrate Holy Communion that the table doesn't belong to me or to our church or even our denomination. That table belongs to one and one alone, Jesus Christ. And Jesus has invited everyone to come and partake. He doesn't care what race you are. He doesn't care what ethnicity you are. He doesn't care what gender you are, what your sexual orientation may be, what your financial holdings are, what your social status is, what your mental or physical abilities are, if you're young or old, baptized or unbaptized, none of those things that we keep using to divide ourselves in this life. He sees us all as beloved children of God, all equal and worthy of life and mercy and love and grace. He only asks that when you come, you come with an open heart. In many ways, this moment in the upper room sharing a Passover meal with his disciples, this moment is as much a saving act as what will follow soon after. This incredible demonstration of an esteemed teacher kneeling and washing, breaking and sharing with all, that is what saves me time and again from the isolation and fear that would have kept or would have me keeping people and all the inherent pain of relationship at arm's length. It would rob me of a boatload of blessings and I know I'm not alone in that struggle. I'm guessing as you heard and possibly read our first scripture reading for tonight, you recognize the Beatitudes in Matthew's Gospel. Instead of one of the other normal lectionary readings we would have on Monday, Thursday. And I did that on the suggestion of the creators of our series, Kate and Jessica, who worked with several others in, in pulling this all together. And my hope is that you would see and hear and maybe even feel the connection with the words from John's gospel and this focus on blessings. There is a ritual for loving people who are hard to love. And then we move to the garden. There's a feast of ideas, of perspectives, and so much more that we can dive into and embrace. And as a pastor, it can be challenging at times to figure out what to say. Once you get past the first couple years in ministry, 
start coming up on these holidays again and again. You don't want to turn into a broken record or a best of Pastor Michael's Monday, Thursday service ser- uh, sermons. And so, at least for me, when I struggle, that's when I start praying extra hard for the Holy Spirit to, to come down and get some inspiration. I always try to be very intentional in what I say and how I say it, the words I use, all of it. Because the truth is, I can never fully know everything about every single one of you. And therefore, I can't always know what words or phrases or, or ideas might trigger something painful or hurtful for you. I can't always know every single person's past and experiences, so I try to be intentional about everything I say in hopes of of stirring up something good, resonating with you, or sharing something that, that lifts you up, maybe even inspires you. And I know that I am blessed in that opportunity to share how I understand faith, how I understand God, how I understand blessings. We are all blessed in this life. It may not always seem that everyone gets the same blessings or the same amount of blessings or the same kind of blessings. It also depends on how you define blessings. And I don't claim to know all the answers, but I can tell you surely that the way you are blessed in this life by God has nothing to do with how much money you put in an offering plate. It has to do with the love that you have in your heart and what you do with that love in the world. I pray that as I walk with you and lead you through this this journey, not just of Lent, but faith, that all of it will be proclamation enough and good enough for you and for God. We are made in God's image. We are good enough for God's love and mercy and grace, the greatest blessings we could ever receive. Amen. If you could turn to pages 15 and 16 as we prepare to celebrate Holy Communion. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, almighty God, creator of heaven and earth. From the earth you bring forth bread and create the fruit of the vine. You formed us in your image delivered us from captivity and made covenants to be our sovereign God. You fed us manna in the wilderness and gave grapes as evidence of the promised land. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. 
Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you and blessed is your son, Jesus Christ. When we had turned aside from your way and abused your gifts, you gave us in him your crowning gift, emptying himself that our joy might be full. He fed the hungry, healed the sick, ate with the scorned and forgotten, washed his disciples' feet, and gave a holy meal as a pledge of his abiding presence. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, he gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples, and said, Take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples, and said, Drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit in us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and juice. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit and your Holy Church, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty God, now and forever. Amen. And now, the confidence of children of God, let us pray the prayer that Jesus taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Because there is one loaf, we who are many are one body, for we all partake of the one loaf. The bread which we break is a sharing in the body of Christ. The cup over which we give thanks is a sharing in the blood of Christ. As you heard me say just a few moments ago, in the United Methodist Church, we practice open communion. What that means is that that table where we normally do this, and we'll hopefully return to doing it again soon, it doesn't belong to me, to this church, to our denomination. It belongs to Jesus, and Jesus has welcomed everyone. You don't need to be a member of this church or United Methodist or a member of any other denomination all those other ways we try and divide ourselves and categorize each other, none of those things play a role in this holy sacrament. Not your age, not your race, not your gender, not your mental or physical ability, how much money you have, your age, any of that. All you have to do is come with an open heart. This evening... We will continue with our individual elements 
And you can receive your elements one of two ways. You can do intinction, which is a big word that means you take your bread, dip it in the juice, and receive your elements together. Or you can eat your bread and then drink your juice. Those are both acceptable in the eyes of not only the church, but of God. And neither one is going to get you anything better when it all comes to the end. Brothers and sisters, I invite you to receive your elements, the body of Christ given for you and the blood of Christ shed for you. Eternal God, we give you thanks for this holy mystery in which you have given yourself to us. Grant that we may go into the world in the strength of your spirit to give ourselves for others. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. If you would rise as you are able for our closing hymn number 614, For the Bread Which You Have Broken. Beloved children of God, go out into the world to love as Jesus loved. And may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you this night and forevermore. Amen.